despite what some preachers would have you believe, could be any number of eons old. And uh, the original foundation of the earth, yes. And then something happened. And that, of course, is in Genesis uh, 1-2. And it became void. Not was created void, but it became void because something that happened. And it was probably known as the catabol. That is the explosion, the overthrow, the revolt in which Satan took angels with him. They actually sided with Satan, a third of them. One third was basically neutral, and the other third stayed with God. And of those, some actually overcame in that what we call the first earth and heaven age. That's when the earth was created. Now, we can see the foundations of it, the cracks in the earth, all of the remains of the bones of the animal life that existed, not now, not in any form of this age's recorded history, but in that time that was when the earth was originally created. And we believe that man, body, souls were in spirit form. And so rather than to have God destroy it, to destroy the whole creation, or at least that part of it that sided with Satan, he decided that he was going to recreate the earth and replenish it. That word replenishes in the book of Genesis. It means to do again, to refill. Very simple. Now the preachers will have a heyday with that and they'll jump up and down and say, no, all life came from Adam and Adam was created 6,000 years ago in the garden and that was the beginning of the world. And today we hope to be able to give you some good solid teaching uh, from a couple of scholars that will dispel much of that and show you that God, yes, indeed, has his races. So in Genesis, the book of Genesis, chapter 1, you know, we're reading toward the end of that book, and God created what is known as the pre-Adamic races. He created the earth. He created men in his own image, in the image of God, created he men, male and female, created he them, each of them. Now, these are the races that came before what is known as the Adamic race. And he said in the very end of this chapter, and God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good, he said. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. And now, if we look at Genesis 2, we see that God has said, the Father has said, thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of men. And then, there came the seventh day. And on that day, his work had been done. And he rested. He rested. That's where the Sabbath day comes from. He rested from all work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because he rested from all his labors. And he mentions the generations of the heavens and of the earth in verse 4. And then if you go down, this is chapter 2 of Genesis. Then 
the Lord God, in verse 7, formed man. I thought he already created man. He formed Adam. Adam, which if you go back, if you have, like, you know, the scriptures and the concordances of the scriptures, you will see that now he created the new man, Adam. And Adam is the man, Adam. Adam means to show a ruddy complexion, to show blood in the face. And he formed that man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Adam, man. Of course, then we know there was the garden. We read on. And then he knew that man was alone. And so he created Eve. Eve. And then we know the rest of the story. I don't want to read it all to you because you should be reading it on your own. And this is where the new second age of this earth system was created to bring forth all of those souls in flesh bodies. So that's why we're told that man born of woman had but a short time to live. What's, what's the span of time? whether it's 20 years, 40 years, 120 years, a generation, 150 at the most, maybe. That's it. Gone. To dust, as we read Ecclesiastes. And we, we understand that the silver, you know, the, you know, the silver cord parts, so to speak. Clay pot breaks, and that's the body, the flesh, soul itself belongs to God. The soul does go back to God. This is what we read in the scriptures, if we read the scriptures in its original language, in the Hebrew and in the Greek. So, with all this discussion today, the reason I bring this up, with all this discussion today, by the media and knowing who and what controls the media, there is a war going on today. Ladies and gentlemen, as it has never gone on in our lifetime, during this generation of the evil fig tree planted in Jerusalem, 1948. Count the years. We're past the 70th year, now in the final home stretch of that generation in which Jesus himself said that all these things must be fulfilled in this generation. These things must come to pass before the what? The end of this second age, the age of the flesh, the age when Lucifer was, in fact, his spirit cast upon the earth to deceive the world and to once again see who is going to side with him, who is going to oppose him, and who is indifferent. But God's plan is not, as he says very clearly in the scripture, is not to destroy souls. The Son of Man came into the world not to condemn it, but that through him the world should be saved. Now, we'll all be saved? No. But we do believe that most of those souls that were created will come through Christ to the Father in the final age, which, of course, is the eternity, but it begins with the millennium, the thousand years reign with Christ when Teachers, his children, will be teaching the world 
once and for all, free of Satan, will be bound for a thousand years in that pit. The truth of who and what God is. And so this is God's It's very, I think it's very basic. It's clear to me now more than ever before that God has a plan, and his plan is redemption for those lost souls. And, uh, and the lost souls of the house of Israel, the house of Jacob, and the house of Judah should all lead the nations of the world, the heathen nations, to him. And so this is why he chose them. He said he's made a covenant with who? With Jacob Israel, as no other nation. But he hated the other brother, Esau. Why? Esau have I hated, in Genesis 25 through 27 and onward, but Jacob have I loved because of what Jacob represented to God. He gave his sacrifice to him. He was not a slaggard. He was not someone who, who cursed a birthright, as his older brother did, Esau. Today, those nations are going to be forming a war between them. Rush, Russia, and America slash Israel. And the sons and daughters of Cain were established from Genesis 3:16 onward, the children of that wicked one who crucified Messiah are orchestrating the events now as never before. Race mixing, or racial integration as it is called, in marriage produces offspring. Now, we don't obviously, God doesn't condemn the offspring, nor does he hate them. He loves all the races. He created them for a purpose a different purpose for each race. If he wanted one race, he would have created one race. Obviously, he did not. But according to the Marxists and the ideals of Marxism, you see, race must be abolished. There must be only one race, and it excludes all of the others, especially the Adamic, Caucasian, Jacobite race. You see, Satan and his children are at war with that race today. It just happens that they are known as Caucasians, as whites today. And now we understand with all of the attacks in the media constantly against America, against Europeans, against Australians, against New Zealanders, and so on and so forth, they are part of a very clear pattern and a very scripted pattern of discrimination and hatred for that particular race. Why? Because it's the one that God chose. Through that race, his covenant was established, and through that race, all the others will learn of Christ and his mercy. So we come to Harry and, uh, uh, what's her name, Markle, I believe, Harry and Markle, uh, uh, Megan Markle, because I don't follow any of this. You really, really have to understand. I don't follow any of this nonsense of these uh, potentates and all of the kings and princes and so on and so forth, except as it, it is part of the lineage that God has established through Jacob and the house of Judah. And of course, we know, we know that within the house of uh, Britain, that is Great Britain, birthright tribes of the house of Israel, is this intertwining within the race of Jacob so that you have the Queen of England and you have the Kings of England 
and all of them related to the kings of Judah. And we see that with the German ancestry following up down to the minute, down to this second, with the house of Israel in the kingships of the queenships of England. Uh, Does that make any sense? Probably not to some. It makes a lot of sense to me. But Harry and Markle first met each other, apparently, or made each other, I should say, their acquaintance on a blind date in early July of 2016, you will recall. And uh, they were apparently uh, introduced uh, by a mutual friend. And Harry had revealed uh, during uh, this couple's first sit-down, his interview, I guess, with the BBC, uh, following uh, the engagement, um, what he thought and how he was entranced by her. She was entranced by him. Now, I I, I don't presume to know uh, in every person's heart whether or not they really love each other, if it's love or it's something else. But in my opinion, true love is something that God has established within the race of each racial group that he's created. We know that the Negro, the blacks, so forth, were created on that six-day creation, that first week before the Sabbath, before God rested. And then on the eighth day, so to speak, he created Adam. That man, Adam, the man, Adam, S-A-H-A-D-A-M. That's what it means, the man, Adam. So I don't presume to know what's in a person's heart when they see each other at first glance and they supposedly fall in love interracially. It's not my business, but God warns against interracial dating. He warns against interracial marriage, and the children have nothing to do with it, the offspring. And certainly they are God's children, regardless of what race they may be. They come to him, they came from him, he created them. So let's not in any way disparage any of that. What we are saying here today is the way I feel about it. And you may agree or may not agree, but clearly, the white race today is diminishing. The numbers are going down, the populations are being uh, uh, decreased by one factor or another, or a group of factors. And Israel today is under attack more than it ever has been, the house of Israel and the house of Judah. So they met, they fell in love, I guess, and uh, they, of course, experienced a lot of notions from a lot of people who did not approve of it, including within the royal family. And in that royal family, now we hear about uh, charges of racial hatred and racial discrimination and so on and so forth. (laughs) Be that as it may, it is not a one-way street. For all the races, all the races have within them the prejudice factor, the factor of prejudging others based on just their color or their race or their whatever it may be, their ethnicity. And then we also have the pure racial hatred, which is also something which God eschews. He doesn't advocate hatred of any other race. He created them all, except that is, of course, the race of Cain, which is another story probably for a whole another day. But 
Nevertheless, they fit very nicely into the picture because it is that race that hates the other races, particularly Adam, more than any. We'll come right back. Rick Adams, Uncensored. Folks, we're living in a world the likes of which we've never perceived any clearer than we do now. The plan for global governance has been in the works for generations and would have likely been achieved by now, but for the fact that the globalists left open their Achilles heel. With all their tools, Federal Reserve System, fiat currency, no child left behind, and then Common Core education introduced to our schools to dumb us down, vaccines, pharmaceuticals to lobotomize us, GMO foods, insertion of compromised or bought and paid for politicians, judges, mainstream media propaganda, all pieced together like a puzzle designed to ultimately bring the world under submission. But with all their strategy, they forgot one thing, knowledge and knowledge is power. With knowledge, their bombardment is nullified. Folks, with that, as brilliant and knowledgeable as you've become, among the wisest audience of any radio audience in the world, and you are, I want you to take a moment to reflect and ask yourself, how much of that knowledge did I obtain from Republic Broadcasting Network? How high has my consciousness been raised since I've been a listener? How fast am I now able to discriminate truth from fake news by being a Republic Broadcasting listener? How clear am I now able to see the world since I've been listening to RBN? Ask yourselves those questions, folks. Then ask yourself, what is that knowledge worth to me? Like my morning coffee, how would I survive without it? A voice of truth and a sea of lies. Do we not all need to make sure it survives? Like public broadcasting, we are now finding we can only survive with listener support. Censorship, advertisers being attacked, truth itself being attacked. It's the only way through this. We at Republic Broadcasting humbly ask you to become a supporter. Look at your budget and make a determination of what Republic Broadcasting is worth to you and what you can afford on a monthly basis. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and pledge 20, 30, 40, 50, if possible, 100 a month or more if it's affordable. Click the Donate button and become a regular monthly donor. Assure both us and yourself that Republic Broadcasting Truth will continue to flow like that morning coffee. The network thanks you. Ladies and gentlemen, J.R. Moore here. We have a special promotion going on at Republic Broadcasting. This is a fundraiser for Republic Broadcasting involving the energy planner. Mail me a postcard. My address is at my website at thelibertyman.com. We pick a postcard every other Thursday. When your postcard is drawn out, you get to buy an energy planner for $215 instead of $285, $70 discount. $200 goes to Republic Broadcasting. You also get a 10% discount on my mattress pads. So get those postcards in, put your name, your telephone number, your email address on there, and when your postcard is drawn, you get to get an energy cleaner for $215 instead of $285. Mattress pads, 10% off. Help us out at Republic Broadcasting and help yourself to get an energy cleaner at a deep discount. It's a win-win situation for everybody. We hope you can get these postcards in soon. Thank you very much. Can man control his destiny? Can he change the shape of things to come? Yes, indeed. Here we are, folks, back again on Republic Broadcasting Network. Don't forget to support the network as much as you possibly can, and with prayers as well. That's the important thing, folks. We need those prayers. We need the support from above, and that's what we're talking about today. We're talk- I'm talking about it. Very few others will probably talk about this, you know, this whole business of uh, interracial marriage, dating, 
and then the offspring which result from it. You know, Harry and Meghan is just one example because they are the royal family. And, um, you know, the, the whole business of how they came to meet through a friend and how they began to have this relationship is an issue in itself. But I don't want to go through the minutiae. Not important. It is the fact that they supposedly really fell in love and he wanted to step out from his particular forte and his family. And now the result, of course, is how the media savaged the family, the royal family, saying that it's awful, it's terrible. The things that were said, we don't even want to repeat. This is the implication. I didn't watch the Oprah interview. Believe me, I have no interest in that whatsoever. My interest is in Scripture. My interest is in the way people are falsely living today in disobedience to God's Word. Now, there is always, and that's why Jesus Christ came. He came to save us from our sins. The sin of miscegenation, the sin of abortion, the sin of child abuse, the sin of adultery, and that word adultery indeed means to water down the what? The race. Now, if you look up on the Internet right now, and you begin to see what it is that the Bible says about race, you will find such sites as these great Bible experts that says, the Bible says nothing about race at all, or interracial marriage, not a word. Paul simply taught in Corinthians that unequally yoked is forbidden, and that means a believer and a non-believer, because we're all one now in Christ. We're all one race, we're all one people, and the, and the scriptures repeatedly tell us from Genesis and Exodus and Deuteronomy and Numbers all the way through it to the very book of Revelation that God has a plan. He has a kingship within his race, the chosen people of God. Now, when those who call themselves Jews use that term, why is it that nobody gets upset? But when whites or Adamic, Caucasian, Jacobite, Isaacianite people of the Bible proclaim that that means, woo, oh, you know what breaks loose. Well, who are those that control the media? Again, the very same. The same as those that hate the Adamic race. They hate that race. They despise that blue-eyed, blonde-haired person. Because that is the race that Jesus Christ would come through. And the fallen angels who simply came here for one major purpose, they left their estate in heaven and they came to seduce the daughters of Adam so they could pollute the race and destroy the seed line through which Christ would come. It's that simple. It's that basic. And in Scripture we read there is a pecking order. Of all the races in the kingdom of God, led by his covenant race, his birthright race, and that is that particular race. Okay, I, I didn't write it. I mean, I didn't write the scriptures, but that's what it says. We're going to hear it in just a few minutes. After the break, after the half-hour break, we're going to bring on a little bit, hopefully, of Dr. Wesley Swift and what he said many years ago on this very subject, just a few minutes of him, because it is a long documentary. 
But then I want to switch over to Dr. Bertrand Compare and what he says about the separation of the races, each created with God's own purpose in mind. And he didn't say that you should hate the other races or disparage them or any such thing. But he did have his special race, his race through which Christ would come through that seed line. And now you know why Satan and his children hate this race. They hate it with perfect passion, and a purple passion at that. All you have to do is do as I've done. I've studied the motion picture industry for many, many years because I was a hobbyist in film. Go back to 1934 when they finally came out with a uniform code of ethics or production code for the motion picture industry at the urging of the, I guess it was Catholics for Decency, the Legion of Decency, and a Presbyterian who, uh, who came up with this production code. And among the chief things in that production code from 1934 onward was the prohibition of miscegenation and dating, interracial dating. It was not to be shown on the screen, period. And that lasted till about 1967, 68. You remember, was it Spencer Tracy? Guess who's coming to dinner? They broke the code. They did away with, it was a self-imposed code. But they did away with it and came out with a rating system. Very significant, folks, to understand this, this assault on God's creation by the Antichrist Marxist Satanist. We'll come right back. And stay tuned for that segment. You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Corporate media dominates the American opinion. Finding independent voices that counter this avalanche is becoming increasingly difficult. With the endless corruption running rampant throughout our government, independent voices are needed more than ever to battle the offensive against our freedoms and liberties. As a listener of RBN, no one understands this concept better than you. Now it's up to you to do your part. The time has come for you to take action and begin broadcasting the truth to hundreds or thousands of people every month. Sound impossible? Quite the contrary. With pointed slogans from LibertyStickers.com, you can reach countless sleeping Americans unaware that they live in a real-life wonderland. LibertyStickers.com has a huge inventory of political bumper stickers and messages that reflect the truth about our government, our politicians, and the future of America. With so many in stock, there's one perfect for you. Visit us today at LibertyStickers.com. Again, that's LibertyStickers.com. Do your part. Your voice is important. Let it be heard. Extendivite has proven time and again, it really works. Here's a testimonial from Amazon.com. I am only 40, but I have put my body through hell working in manufacturing for 20 years. I recently started to notice a buzzing feeling along with a stuttering sensation with my heart. I had a full cardio stress done, which I passed. I decided to try Extendivite after getting the jingle stuck in my head. Halfway through the bottle, I really did notice a difference. After getting home from work, I would just sit in a chair for a few hours feeling like crap, and this stuff reduced that feeling along with heart discomfort to almost nothing. 
Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. That's H-E-A-R-T-D-R-O-P.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. Hey, gang. Patrick Slattery here with an important message that is pertinent to anyone who shops for groceries, eats food, or just has an inquisitive mind like myself. What I'm about to introduce you to is a segment of our food culture that has been kept so low profile to the American public that virtually no one is aware of how dominant it is on our refrigerator and cupboard shelves. What I'm talking about is the kosher certification industry and a new app, Koshertified, that delivers a comprehensive education on all aspects regarding this little-known practice. After reviewing this app, I found that it is useful for practically anyone who purchases food, regardless of their religious faith or identity. Its database of products not kosher certified is a win-win convenience for all food-conscious people. So why not check out thekosherquestion.com or click on the link at nationalbugle.com and see how modifying your grocery shopping with the Koshertified app can make a huge difference for your future. The New World Order Thought Police are on the run because Rick Adams is back on the Republic Broadcasting Network. Yes, well, the Thought Police are not very happy with what I'm saying. As you know, uh, I just talked about the Motion Picture Code that was established in 1934. It had to do a lot of things. Miscegenation was one of the main topics that that was getting out of hand. Uh, and the Hollywood moguls, who, by their own admission, were these powerful Kenites who came to power, elbowing their way to power, knocking out smaller studios, buying them up, and then beginning to produce a lot of uh, rather risque productions in the 19-teens and in the 20s to the point where it reached uh, at maximum. You know, the Hayes office, as I said, William Hayes was the Presbyterian who uh, basically established that code but also obscenity, nudity, sex, and so forth. All of those things would be prohibited because they were, believe it or not, in the 1920s, there was a lot of those things that were quite resplendent. So it took a generation, the generation of the evil fig tree planted in Jerusalem, onward to destroy the morals of America, to destroy the separation, the values, the concept of each race being accountable to God. Within that race, marriage is fine. It is wonderful. There's nothing wrong with it. But when you depart from that race and you start to get very, uh, you start to get very heady and you start to believe, well, I, I think it's fun to be able to do it with somebody who's of a different race. And you see this in, well, you know, I'm not saying you should, but pornography is everywhere now. It's all over the Internet. And in pornography, the chick thing to do now between men and women, men and men, women and women, women and men, is to be able to miscegenate. That's so chick. So you see, this comes at a time when the family is under final assault. The family unit that was also established by God is being destroyed by Cain and his seed line. Karl Marx said in his Ten Points of Marxism, what did he say? The goal is abolition of the family and of private property. Now, what kind of mind? 
What kind of thinking could produce that? Only a satanic mind. Only a seed line of the serpent mind would want to destroy. And that's what he is, the destroyer. Satan destroys. God creates, you see? So uh, it's all for the integrity of God's creation, that each with his own kind shall be the case. So let's listen now, if we can, um, get the right clip here, um, of a little bit of Wesley Swift from that uh, that demarcation onward for a few minutes and see what he has to say. Mind you, he talks very fast. Okay, Here Kenneth, we're ready. The law, the spirit, the right question. Continue in the discussion which we were talking to you last Sunday afternoon concerning the origin of your existence in the heavens and your birth in the earth. It's a rather unique thing, and we lay again this premise that men must understand who they are and from whence they have come. We must know the great mystery of what the prophets talked about when they referred to the Holy Seed, and why all the laws of God in the Old Testament concerning the race question, they're very carefully called for the segregation of his race, of his household, and of his people. The great problem that besets Christianity today is that there are many thousands upon thousands of churches that do not know who they are from whence they came. They refer to themselves as the children of God, but they believe that this has been a sort of psychological transition that has been spiritually engendered in their lives and their hearts by the purpose of God, and do not recognize that what has happened in the midst of their uh, experience has been that God has regenerated or reactivated something they previously possessed on a celestial plane, but no longer remembered it because of the veil of the flesh and because of the violations of law in the very origin of our race. How often have we heard of the fall of Adam and its impact upon the race? And we hear about how in Adam's fall all men fell. And that by Adam's transgression, therefore transgression passed upon all men. We should say Adam's transgression brought transgression upon all Adamites. It had nothing to do with Asiatics who existed in the earth in the Turanian races thousands upon thousands of years before your race ever came into the world. It had very little or nothing to do with the peoples that constituted the Africans, uh, the Negroid race, who also came to earth at least 74 and 75,000 years before the creation of the Adamic race. Radiocarbon establishes this today. In the various fossil deposits of Africa, uh, we can find the background of ancient history and antiquity. We find the Negroid skull and the Negroid uh, uh, fossils, as well as we find the fossils of Asiatics and Turanians a lot farther back than that. So under no circumstance could we say that these people would be the would be responsible for or be the inheritors of any individual pattern of disobedience or, the, or any fall that might have transpired to the Adamic race which came so many years later. The fact is it was a fallen world before your race ever came into it. It was a fallen race before the Most High sent you into the world. You were sent into the world as an act of God's grace. You were sent into the world to build his kingdom. And that's why this is your purpose and it is your destiny. The origin of men spiritually begotten of the Father before the world was framed is one of the great mysteries, of course, of the Scripture. It is unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. We are told unto them it is not given. There is no doubt that uh, there is a tremendous number of people that do not understand these things. And that's why the apostle tells us if our gospel be hid, it be hid unto them that are lost. The church preaches to Africa, to Asia, to all parts of the world. They try to make converts out of the ball. But if you were to suggest to them that before God gets through with it, 
He's going to put in proper order every creature in all creation, and he's also going to put in proper order every individual of every race. And eventually, the races are all going to worship the Most High God and acknowledge him as God, each in their order and each in their own place. Now, when you tell some people that, they say, oh, my, some of them have got to go to some hell and burn forever and ever. Some of them have got to go under great catastrophes of chastisement and judgment. Look at all the things they've done. Well, the fact remains, my friends, that the purposes of God are quite clear and the judgments of God are clear. In other words, the program of the Most High, the wages of sin was death, and people have been dying because of the violations of the divine law that lost them the processes of life throughout the ages. But as far as the grace of God is concerned, God never it will fulfill the object of some people's imagination. He's never going to be the torture chamber God that they've anticipated him to be. Now, of course, when you say that, some people say, well, that's heresy. Well, that's what they told Paul, too, you know. And Paul said, after this way, called heresy, so worship by God. It's more important that you have a proper picture of God. It's more important that you witness to God as he is than that you set up a false image before the world of God, which is not necessarily an attractive one. In fact, the God of some Christians is almost as, as tyrannical a God as the pagan gods that these people that you're trying to convert have been worshiping all the time. The fact is that the great problem that arises in theology is a lack of distinction between the family and those that are not members of God's family. The scripture clearly talks about those who are members of his family in heaven and earth. We're told in the mighty name of Yahweh and Yahshua, the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Yahweh is the ancient and oldest of the Hebrew names of the eternal. And we have his name, his body, his Messiah, is Yahshua. We refer to it in the English as Jesus. And Jesus came from the Greek derivation of Yahshua, which was Jesus, from which we get the word Jesus in our language. Now, some people don't know that. They think that when Yahshua the Messiah walked through the land of Palestine, people called him Jesus. Nobody ever heard of the word Jesus in that time until the Apostle Paul, writing to the peoples of Greek, referred to him in Greek as Jesus, because this was uh, Yahshua, this means God, the mighty one embodied, and this they could understand in Greek. And so the word Jesus is our Anglo-Saxon derivation, but strangely enough, the word Yahshua uh, and formations of it were known even to our uh, Druid ancestors in the Isles and referred to also in similar token as forms of this word were known in early Scandinavia. But we point out the fact that the whole family in heaven and earth are the family of the Most High. They are heirs of the Father, and if they were not heirs of the Father through a direct relationship, they would not be the inheritors of the kingdom. We have discussed with you in the past this gospel of the kingdom, which must be preached into all the earth before the end of the age. And this gospel of the kingdom is being proclaimed. And it is reaching by the areas of air and other methods. Uh, uh, it is reaching the ends of the earth. For years and years, our race has been proclaiming the Messiahship of Christ. We have been proclaiming that this was the embodiment of God. We have been proclaiming to the world that he came to save people from their sins. And we have caught some parts of the uh, message of God's purpose and knew that we were ministers and ambassadors of Christ. We have been telling the people all over the world uh, that they must recognize uh, that Jesus is the Christ. We have added to that, however, sometimes doctrines which were developments inside of ecclesiastical formations of religious hierarchy that were not so. On the basis of these errors of teaching, there has become uh, a possible opening for errors of conduct because we have told people that by their accepting Christ, they became our brothers, that they became like we were as far as their race was concerned. It was no longer important.
we stated that since they were spiritually being adjusted to truth by the thing which they accepted, that no racial barriers existed between their open intermingling and absorption. This is the great catastrophe today of the organized church, and it is following the direction of a carefully laid and subtle plan of Lucifer to destroy the nations of God's kingdom. He's not a bit disturbed about preaching if preaching doesn't affect his kingdom. He's not a bit disturbed about the uh, messages that, uh, that are delivered from the pulpit unless in the finality of events those, event, those messages stir people's hearts, affect their conduct, and oppose the thing which he's trying to do. Now, we do not cite to you that there has been a complete and total loss in the proclamation of the gospel. The proclamation of the gospel was a destiny. And in the climax of the age, there was going to be a great unveiling of spiritual truth. We are told that men were going to discover things that they had forgotten. And in places where they ran around and called themselves pagans and Gentiles, it was going to be revealed that they were the children of the living God as the sand of the seashore, as the stars of the heavens. This declaration uh, was made by the Old Testament prophets and Haggai foresaw so uh, that the day would come when out of a darkness of not knowing who they were, most of the peoples that constituted God's kingdom would find themselves in relationship to that plan. When we talk to you about the necessity of understanding this, the oldest use of the word Israel is found back in the writings of Enoch and also in the books of Seth because the word Israel meant that they were ruling offspring with God, El being a, a word used in abstract and Elohim being a word for God plural, but the word Yahshua was the personal name of God. We use the word God in an abstract way, and we, when we say God, generally mean Yahweh or Yahshua. Uh, but we have people around about us, they use the word God too, and when they say God, they even mean sometimes the devil that you oppose. In fact, when they were recently conducting trials down in the areas of, of Florida to determine whether or not they were going to let them read the Bible or pray in school, uh, why the Jews came forth to declare uh, that our God and their God were different, and therefore it was an insult to them to hear Christians pray to God, see, because they knew what we were thinking. Well, we know what they're thinking today because we've investigated their scriptures, and when they say God, they're talking about Lucifer, and when we say God, we're talking about the true Yahweh. Well, the fact remains that there is a difference, and there is a vast distinction, and it is because there's a distinction in the origins of some people, it's important that we understand that today. If you note, when Jesus said, I am of my father, and you are of your father, he made a clear distinction there. He said, uh, I am out of Yahweh, or I am out of the spirit of the eternal, and you are from beneath. You are of your father, and Jesus made it quite clear. Your father was an archangel once, but he's a devil now, so you're like he is. Now, sometimes these things do not seem important to a great number of clergy who say, let's talk about nicer things than this. Uh, well, I don't know of anything better to talk about than your origin. I don't think there's anything you can know this afternoon more important than to know that you're a son and daughter of the Most High God. It isn't important that a lot of people don't like that and that a lot of people don't want the world to know who you are. If there's any one thing that Lucifer would like to do would be to absorb your race and to keep the world from knowing who you are. To utterly cut them off from your spiritual destiny. And frankly, the greatness that has developed in Western Christian civilization and that was attained here by your founding fathers were not only because of who they are, a spiritual quality and seed that was within them that had a capacity to receive inspiration and vision from the Most High, recognizing not only their father, but recognizing the embodied sonship of Christ and founding an entire society based on these spiritual laws and truths. This gave you your heritage. 
And what America has become has been the result of inspiration and vision and blessing and what she deteriorates into as we permit strangers in our land to affect our society is a chastisement for not having maintained proper leadership over us throughout these years. There could be no question about the fact it is important for us to understand, therefore, uh, this patterns of sonship. We referred to the words of the Apostle Peter uh, when he said we have, uh, have been born of incorruptible seed. We might for one moment reconsider these words, knowing that it is significant that he talks about the vast distinction between we as a people born of incorruptible seed. And he said in his direction, it's born from above. We, are, we have been born from above of incorruptible seed which lives and abides forever. Now, this is a significant thing. We are the children of a spiritual life, of spiritual birth. There are many areas of the scripture which bring this thing out. The talks of God with Job when he tells him that he was there when he laid the foundations of the earth. The declaration that we find in the writings of the Apostle Paul, who talks about you having already been blessed with all spiritual blessings in the bosom of the Father before the world was framed. The declarations which are made concerning your name being written in the Lamb's Book of Life before the beginning of creation. The declarations uh, uh, that are made concerning the uh, bringing back to the remembrance of the people things that happened from the beginning. And also the, uh, the declaration which Christ makes, which in the Greek is rather significant when he said unto his disciples, Ye are they that have been with me since the beginning. And in this instance, it's not talking about just his ministry, but about the origin of the cosmos. More than this, we Amen. know that All right. uh, Christ talking hey, about... We'll take a break here. Thank you very much. That's Professor Wesley Swift and his great teachings and very, uh, as you can see, very fluent man. Um, so, folks, you see the foundation here that God laid. There's no mistakes, no accidents in his economy, and uh, people will say, well, I was unfortunate. I, I couldn't help but being born in that race of Cain. Well, that's not true at all, because it all goes back to the age that was before this age. You know, Esau have I hated, but Jacob have I loved. What did Esau do in that age in which he was in spirit form? He was an angel, okay? And, and what did Jacob do? The same thing they were doing in the second age. They were each doing the exact opposite, one serving God, Jacob, and the other not serving God, honoring him and opposing him and exalting himself. And, of course, uh, that's Esau, uh, Edom. Today, Esau, Edom, way up north, the coldest climate where things don't grow that well, uh, and America blessed with this land, uh, which is mentioned throughout Scripture, and particularly in Isaiah 14, the land between two great rivers, two great oceans, the unwalled city. Now we have a wall that's being torn down again. We don't need a wall in this America, Israel, until we apostatize, till the generation of that evil fig tree. Now we need a wall. Now we need more than a wall. But that wall is not a physical wall, see? And so we have all the enemies encompassed around America, the enemy within America, the enemy at our gates. Folks, it's all in Deuteronomy, chapter 28. Read it, the curses that come from above. For his people, because he loves his people, and he wants them to get a correction rod, bend over and get a spanking, folks, and it's coming. It's coming now. You know, you, you, you don't mock him. You know, what you sow, ye shall also reap. And that we have to find out the hard way. And as Dr. Swift said, you see, those who call themselves Jews 
call themselves Israel, and they oppose that God. In the prayer and Bible reading decisions of the early 60s, who was it that went to court? Who was it to strike down classroom prayer in the public school system? It was they who called themselves men of the cloth, men of the Bible, men of the word. True Israel. They exalted themselves and their religion above the religion that Jesus brought. True religion, religion from God himself, you see? And so that generation began to turn. Those born in the 50s and 60s, I was one of them, began to see a change in America, in culture, in art, in literature, in all of these areas that were indicating that we were becoming a messy nation, a spiritually declined and decadent nation. And they were the ones that God used as his instruments of judgment. Yeah, you can blame them all you want, but you got to look in the mirror, too. Who started the miscegenation? Who began? This is the problem in South Africa. This is the problem in the South and in the North. Uh, you know, intermarriage, I mean, lust and all of that is something that helps to bring down a race and bring down a culture. But the modern preachers know better, of course. They Oh, no, that has nothing to do with anything. God is just lovey-dovey-dovey. No matter who you make love with, no matter what you do, as long as you're not unequally yoked, you're of the same faith, faith in Christ. Which Christ? The false or the true? I know we're up against the clock, but I want uh, Ken to begin the Dr. Compare segment now and give you a little wet appetite so we can uh, continue this education in what God says and what men say. Well, let's begin right now with Dr. Compare's. And now I want to talk to you about a subject which is of literally life and death importance to ourselves, our families, our civilization, and our race. It is the fact that God commands the segregation of the races. In the Bible, God repeatedly warns us against any mixing of races, and especially against intermarriage and mongrelization. Some of this has been overlooked because of imperfect translation out of the Hebrew and Greek languages in which the Bible was originally written. Let's examine some of these passages and note carefully the exact meaning of the words used in the original languages. From the very beginning, the commandment not to permit mongrelization is strongly emphasized. For example, in Exodus 33, verse 16, so shall we be separated, I and all of thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. Again, in Leviticus, <clears throat> chapter 20, verse 24, I am the Lord thy God, which has separated you from other people. And in Joshua 23, verses 12 and 13, If ye do in any wise go back and cleave unto the remnant of these nations, even these that remain among you, and shall make marriages with them, and go in unto them, and they unto you. Know for the certainty that they shall be snares and traps unto you, and scourges in your sides and thorns in your eyes, until you perish off from this good land which the Lord your God has given you. Then Deuteronomy 7, verse 3, Neither shalt thou make marriages with them, 
thy daughter, thou shalt not give unto his son, nor his daughter. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 3, Neither shalt thou make marriages with them, thy daughter thou shalt not give unto his son, nor his daughter shalt thou take unto thy son. Many warnings are given in the Bible not to mate with the stranger. The Hebrew words translated stranger in these verses are Zur, Nikr, and Nakri, each one means a person of a different race from ours. There are other Hebrew words, G-E-R, and Tashav, meaning persons who are aliens only in a political sense, but of our race. The warning against race mixing is always against those strangers who are Zur, Nikr or Nakri. For example Proverbs 23:27 tells us, For a whore is a deep ditch, and a strange woman is a narrow pit. The reason for the warning is clear, mongrelization is the worst form of genocide. If you kill 99% of a race, but leave the other 1% pure-blooded, they will in time restore the race. But, when you mongrelize them, you have destroyed that race eternally. This audio was missing from the audio tape. It was added from the manuscript on Christogenia.org using Windows 10 Narrator and Audacity software. You have destroyed that race eternally. Once mixed with the black or yellow races, the white race would be totally and forever destroyed. Hence, God has forbidden it. For example, Psalm 144, verses 11 and 12. Rid me and deliver me from the hand of strange children. And that's the Hebrew word nekor, meaning those of another race. Rid me and deliver me from the hand of strange children, whose mouth speaketh vanity, and their right hand is a right hand of falsehood, that our sons may be as plants growing up in their youth, that our daughters may be as the polished cornices of a palace. Then take Jeremiah 2, verses 21 and 25. Yet I had planted thee a noble vine, wholly a true seed. How then art thou turned into the degenerate plant of a strange vine unto me? And again that strange is Zur. Withhold thy foot from being unshod, and thy throat from thirst. But thou saidst, There is no hope, no, for I have loved strangers, and after them will I go. <clears throat> And what is the result of this? Hosea 5, verses 6 and 7 tells it. They shall go with their flocks and their herds to seek the Lord, but they shall not find him. He hath withdrawn himself from them. They have dealt right. treacherously we'll against stop here, the Lord. Dr. Comperay, and uh, we'll come back after the break, the midway break, and then later, Art from Philly will join us. So, very important discussion today, and... Channel. Stop, there is. 
please contact us if you or anyone you know who wants to be on our show at thetruthpharmacy at gmail.com. Keep it real. Take the red pill. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. This 